0: Hey, hey, Patty Dominguez here with episode 24 with Madeline Taylor, the amazing Madeline Taylor, who has built this wonderful business called Content Refined. She's out of Canada, super impressive, has grown her content creation business in two years in a, such an impressive way that she has been asked to speak internationally. Uh, she spoke at the DCBKK, a world-leading digital marketing conference in Bangkok in October of 2017 because of the immense entrepreneurial success and passion that she has. And she's also spoken at other conferences and been on a number of podcasts because of the expertise that she brings on the content side of the business. Now, she's out of Canada, but I believe what is very impressive, along with her fairly young company, if you think about it, is the motivation that she brings because she's a young mom. So she has a little one that we almost had on the podcast. He was going to make a guest appearance and instead we decided to reschedule. So a lot of fun, great conversation around just what it takes and the fact that she's doing so much with Content Refined while having a family. And I admire the tenacity, the persistence, and just such an impressive woman. So this is episode 24. Of course, at the end, she's going to uh, have an offer for you. You can also find that at our podcast page. If you go to Her Legacy Podcast and just check for episode 24 with Madeline Taylor. All right, here we go. Welcome to Her Legacy Podcast. Here we celebrate women in business doing more than just climbing that corporate ladder. This is about holding a space where we celebrate what it means to be a female entrepreneur. We share the good, the bad, the ugly of being in business for ourselves. Our vision is way bigger than just the fancy titles. It's about amplifying the vision each one of us has to leave our own dent in the world. And in doing so, we're inspiring other women to do the same. My name is Patty Dominguez, and welcome to Her Legacy Podcast for legacy leaders like you. Well, Madeline Taylor, thank you so much for being on Her Legacy Podcast. I so appreciate us connecting. And I know the first time we had baby, your baby was gonna be a guest. And we thought, you know what? Let the baby have the baby time. So I'm so happy to have you back.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks for being flexible and (laughs) rescheduling.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. As a mom, I get it. We were talking about how like, we've so been there. And I don't know, how many kids you have, by the way? He's my first. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I have two boys and they're teenagers. So just looking back at those days, I mean, I remember really relying on people's understanding and flexibility because it's like every stage is a new situation. And a new challenge. (laughs) Oh my God. While I don't have babies burping in the background or me feeding, my kids are like, mom, I need you to drop off food at so-and-so. It's just a whole host of (laughs) other issues. So here we are. Okay, so for you, Madeline, we always start the show with like, let's get braggy. I'd love to know, what do you believe is your superpower?
1: Oh, are we talking like business-wise or personal? (laughs)
0: Like that thing that you know that you're just really, really good at.
1: Um, oh, let's get braggy. Okay. (laughs) Can I list two things?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Have at it.
1: Okay. Well, I think something that I have realized that I'm very good at is creating children. (laughs) (laughs) I have the most wonderful baby in the entire world and I'm so proud of him and I'm proud of myself and my partner for making him. So yeah, I I think that that is, that's a gift. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but I think that I'm also very good at uh, building businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've uh, created a business over the last couple of years called content refined. And I think we've had our ups and our downs, but I think that it's a pretty solid business and I've, put a lot of hard work into you know, proceduralizing it and, and creating systems and a strong foundation for my business. And I think that that
0: is something that I'm pretty good at. Which is fantastic. And I was checking your website out, contentrefined.com, I believe. Is it ContentRefine.com. Yep. And just the success that you've had and the fact that they, whoever they may be, invited you to do a talk at a marketing conference in Bangkok, Thailand, Yes. In October of 2017, because of the entrepreneurial success. So, tell us about how did Content Refine come to be, and why do you believe? Because at this point, how long had you been in business? And I feel like it was a rocket ship to success.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty quick. So at that point, yeah. um, it had been oh, at that point, it hadn't even been a year yet. It had been like oh ten months. Yeah, ten months. So how did Content Refine come to be? Uh, Right. So Content Refine came to be because I decided to move from Toronto to a smaller town outside of Toronto called Collingwood. And there wasn't like a whole ton of like job opportunity up here. It's a very small town. And unless you really know people and have connections up here, you're probably not going to get like a mainstream job up here. They're limited. So I sort of had to put my entrepreneur's hat on and make some different connections. And I ended up partnering up with a local guy here and actually working for him originally to sort of create a marketing plan for his own portfolio of websites. So he was really into, at the time, he was really into, you know, the Amazon affiliate website world. Oh,
0: right.
1: Yeah. So he just wanted to, you know proceduralize the content creation for his portfolio website so that he didn't have to really take care of it. So he hired me to do that. And then once we got that system running, we kind of wrapped those procedures in a little bow and called it content refined. And and here we are today.
0: Interesting. Okay. So I've heard you say procedures and systems now a few times. I feel like I'm hearing that that's another one of your superpowers, right? You just have this ability to make order out of an idea. Am I capturing that correctly? Yeah, definitely. And what other experience are you bringing from, I guess, your prior work that you brought into this situation that just really was opportunistically perfect so that you created this connection with your business partner and started this amazing business?
1: Yeah, great question. So originally I'd been working um, in Toronto at a small startup company. So I started there from like the ground up and I worked my way up to a pretty senior role there within a few years. And so I was exposed to, well, technology for the first time really, and business and entrepreneurship for the first time because I was working right right in it. I was like one of eight in a new startup Business, So I was like, definitely like an employee of that business, but I was able to see how it worked. And the thing that really stood out to me was like the importance of creating processes and procedures in order to build the business and in order to scale properly. Right. And so I guess that's where I extracted that tidbit was, you know, the importance of an org chart, the importance of, you know, standard operating procedures so that you can really outsource that piece or hire somebody else to do that job so that you can focus on, you know, business growth initiatives, which is what the CEO of my last company was really doing and he was really good at it. So I think that that's where I sort of understood the importance of those things when it comes to business. Um, And so when I came here and started my own thing with my business partner, John, that's what really stood out to me. And that's what enabled me to build this business up to where it is now.
0: That's fantastic. Have you heard of the book Rocket Fuel? No, I haven't. Okay. So you're so reminding me of this book because in Rocket Fuel, he talks about the two critical elements for success in a business is a visionary and an integrator. And Mm -hmm. the integrator is the one that's the genius, you know, keeps the wheels greased, systems, processes to make sure the visionary is a distinctly different role in which they're driving the bus to say, okay, here's where we want to take the business strategically. So I feel like hearing what you have in your business content refined, it sounds like you have both of those elements, which is probably the reason that you're so successful. And can we go to the success part of it? The fact that you spoke at a conference within one year of being in business, we know the statistics that most small businesses fail, certainly within the first year, if not the first five years. Yes. So what do you think is the reason that you had this exponential success so soon? Well, I will give some
1: credit to John, my business partner. He had a really, really big like, following and like list of contacts So that was strategic and we were really able to launch the service quickly to demographic that we knew was going to be into the service offering.
0: And how did you know they were be in the service offering? Because it was a pain point that you had identified in these small business owners?
1: Yeah, it was a pain point, but it was also like John ran this blog basically called how to make money online. And so all of these people wanted to make money
0: online and content marketing is like the key to that. Mm-hmm. That's so great. So with content creation being so important, can you just speak to people maybe who are solopreneurs or they have their small business or do you think it applies to everybody, even brick and mortar businesses having a content creation strategy? Yeah, I definitely think that it's
1: something that everybody who has a website or everybody who has a business that relies on, you know, Google traffic to get business should be doing some sort of online marketing. And I might be a little biased because I run a content marketing agency. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I do think content is king. And I think that uh, Google changes their algorithms all the time. And over and over again, we're seeing that they're looking for good quality content. um, And that's what's going to basically rank your site or sync your site. If you have crappy, shitty content on your site, Google's going to figure that out pretty quickly and you're not going to be rewarded for it.
0: And what is deemed like crappy? Like what's crappy as opposed to something that is working really well that, I mean, the difference would be like, oh, I write my own blog post, right? Right. But what you guys bring to the table is that expertise and knowing how the algorithm is changing. Like, can you give some notes of, why it's important to potentially outsource this to somebody. Yeah, definitely. So I can speak to it from my
1: own experience, actually. So okay. I have my own like affiliate websites as well as like a bit of a side hobby. Okay. And at first, what I used to do, I would sort of do it the lazy way. And I would essentially just think up topics off the top of my head that I thought would be good for the website. I would hire a bunch of like really, really cheap, Freelancers, not necessarily like native English speakers, just like the cheapest I could get an article written for. Mm-hmm. I would outsource those articles. I'd get them back, and I'd throw them on onto my website. Wouldn't necessarily really even edit them, and within my instructions, I just like wanted them to sort of keyword stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> the like articles, and I, I was just looking for a quick, easy, cheap solution. And I sort of sat back and waited and waited and waited and waited for my content to get like uh, indexed and stuff and then i got <laughs> I got a message from Google Adsense because i I had applied for Google Ads to get put onto my site, and they said, "Sorry, like we're not going to grant you access to <laughs> Google Adsense because we don't think that the content on your website is strong enough." So I was like, "Huh, okay." So people are looking, people are definitely monitoring content and it's not about just an abundance of content with a ton of keywords stuffed into the text. It's not about that anymore. It's about quality. So later down the line, <laughs> when we did like a ton of research on content marketing and, and really understood the algorithms and understood what Google wanted, we started building content around that and so when I started applying that to my sites, you know it really re- required me to actually think about the content, actually do a roadmap for your website, strategically do keyword research to see like how many search queries are being searched per month over certain topics, what are related topics to that key term that you're trying to rank for, all of those elements that are extremely important to content marketing before, before the content is even written. So there was that piece, but then actually getting really strong writers who actually sit down and like think about the content that they're writing. And obviously these are going to be slightly higher paid writers and people that might even be experts in the field And, uh, and then really focusing on like best practices for publishing your content. Because it's not just about sticking it into the back end of your like WordPress site and clicking the uh, publish button anymore. You know, it's about really optimizing that content to make sure that you're really incorporating all of the elements that are important to SEO and important to the Google algorithms into each piece of content.
0: Oh my gosh, it is so involved, and I can see how it is. It's not as easy as oh, let me just be inspired and write. Totally, <laughs> I mean, you're doing it. If you're doing it as a hobby, and I think that's a distinction that you're talking about is are you doing it for a hobby or are you doing it to get the right eyeballs so that you can continue the conversation? And before we started, before I hit the record button, you were talking about a new exciting thing that you're offering in Content Refined, which is content upgrades, which is a reason for what I call a pull strategy for people to engage with you even further. So I would love to hear about maybe a case study. Maybe a small business owner that was kind of questioning the value and then what you guys brought to the table and what happened as a result of that person jumping in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have, we have a ton of case studies. So in terms of the a content creation case study, so we had somebody approach us within the first few months that we actually launched the business. And uh, they said, hey, you know, like I have this really awesome domain. There's not a whole lot of traffic, but I just bought this site and I want to make a return and then I want to sell the site. So we took a look at it. We think, uh, and at the time there was like zero traffic. They had like a few articles published. They had a really great domain name; it, it was great, and like they really put a great theme on the WordPress site, and it looked nice. But it just didn't wasn't getting a lot of traffic. So what we did is we came up with a really robust plan. I think he was doing twenty four thousand words of content a month, so about twenty four articles a month. So that's like a pretty aggressive plan. strategy. like very aggressive strategy. So we prepared it. And then we executed it. And within eight months, he was at 72,000 viewers per month
0: wow. on a site.
1: And he was able to turn around and sell his site for 150 grand
0: Wow! in
1: eight months. Yeah. So that was like crazy inspiring. Wow. It made us feel really good because we were like, yes, <laughs> we, we just helped you make a boatload of money. So that was really great. And then in terms of like the content upgrade stuff, uh, we had a client come to us and say, he was like, hey, I have a, a handful of articles that are on my site that just like aren't performing well anymore, but they they really represent like 80% of my business. And like, I can't afford to have these articles slip. So we took them and we gave them like a, a content upgrade is what we call it. So basically a facelift. We oh. like added a ton of content to it between like 500 and 1,000 words of like content gap filling is what I call it. And then we added new links. We made it a little bit more relevant in terms of making it like a 2019 article rather than a 2016 article, added new elements to them. And then when we sort of hit republish, we saw like a 40% increase within a week on his traffic. So that was really cool.
0: So that is something I've never thought about is refreshing or putting a facelift on maybe blog posts that might've gotten some traffic once upon a time that it can be done again with a service. Like I have never even heard of that. That is so smart. It It's
1: honestly so effective because we don't think that you need to sort of rewrite articles on keywords that you've already targeted. Like if you've already targeted that, just, Yeah upgrade it, refresh it, make it relevant to today because Google's always looking for relevancy. If it's a 2016 article, it's not going to get the same kind of traction as a 2019 article. Like you just need to make sure that your content is still like energized and you're still getting energy sort of around that piece of content. Um, And if it's gone flat and if it hasn't been touched in years, then circle back and see and pull some data and see like, how you're ranking, where you were ranking a year ago. And if those
0: rankings have slipped, then time to refresh. That is super smart. Hey there, my legacy leader. Thank you so much for checking out today's show. We're about halfway done, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to engage further as this Episode incites some creativity in you. If you're interested in leaving your own dent in the world, leaving your legacy, I have a very special three part video series for you. It's what I call the Business Trinity. And as solopreneurs, we are looking to create a sustainable business. And what I have found is three distinct pillars to make it happen. So I'm sharing that with you, absolutely complimentary. Head on over to businesstrinity.com. Again, businesstrinity.com. Grab that three part video. Video series for yourself. It includes some downloadables in there and you will walk away with clarity on where the opportunities are so that you can leave your legacy. Let's continue with the show. So then how long has Content Refined been around? We've been around for like two and a half years now. That's amazing. And where do you see the next three years? How big do you want to build this? Like, What's your vision?
1: Well, that's a great question. I would love to be at a point where we have like an established presence in our community that we're not only doing stuff online, but we're also doing things in, in our community for Mm -hmm. local clients. I would love to see our revenue increase. (laughs) I'd like to be at around 150 K in like monthly recurring revenue, which would be sort of a goal within the next five years. Mm -hmm. And I would just like content refined to be like a known content marketing company and for people to have faith in our services. And I want us to be known as like a quality content
0: service provider. Mm-hmm, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. There's lots of people who produce content. Like there's lots of companies out there that produce content. We like to differentiate ourselves or ourselves from those other like businesses by really putting an effort into understanding the changes in online marketing. Yeah, we pulled together so many data analysis studies on like what are the ranking factors when you're creating content? Like what do you have to incorporate in your content to m- make sure that you're going to rank with certainty? And so we're refreshing those data analysis studies all the time, just to make sure that we're incorporating the best practices that are like current best practices.
0: So then out of curiosity, if somebody said, okay, I want to implement a content strategy on my blogs, like just to keep things current, adhering to the best practices. I mean, what is the recommendation? Like one blog post a week, or is it a month? Like what would be the minimum that someone would have to do to even be seen as relevant in Google's eyes, let's say. And I know that's a loaded question, but just, you know, best practices.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a loaded question. Totally depends on like what kind of site you have. If it's like a personal blog, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, maybe one a week. If it's like an affiliate, like marketing website, I would say like between 12 and 20 articles a month. So it depends on the purpose, I guess. If you're looking to you know, rank for a huge variety of different keywords in a specific niche, then I would hit it with aggression and really pump that content out. If you're a little bit more specific in terms of brand and in terms of like what your goals are, then I would do it. Yeah. Probably once a week. So four articles a month.
0: Okay. All right. Wow. Okay, cool. And that is obviously something that Content Refine can help with. Definitely. definitely. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. So yeah, because as you're thinking like, wow, I know that I want to focus on what I'm doing and my business and the writing side of it is not necessarily something that I love. Um, I would do it, but it would just be a labor of love. like, oh my God, I have to write. You know, and it just becomes really cumbersome for me personally. It's not natural. And Mm -hmm. so knowing that that could be outsourced in a way that represents and is on brand and when my personality and, and that whole thing, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Because it gives you the whole, okay, cool. I'm doing what has to get done in order for me to be consistent and relevant online. So it just makes so much sense.
1: Definitely. And I think that the way I see it is that, yeah, for sure. You could sit down and write your own content if you wanted, but like how much, like no disrespect to writers, writers have like one of the hardest jobs for sure. No disrespect to writers, but like as an entrepreneur and as like a business owner, like how much is your time worth? And, you know, is it better spent working on other things that are going to grow the business and doing, yeah, just other things that are more worth your time?
0: Very well stated. All mm-hmm. right. So you've had tremendous success um with what you're doing. What do you believe is the reason that you are successful? Honestly... And
1: I hope that like other millennials are listening to this, but like hard work (laughs) and work ethic, like that is something that has been drilled into me since I was a kid. And I think that unfortunately I'm a millennial and I've, I've come across many others and work ethic just isn't something that's like Emphasized anymore, I don't think, in our upbringing, and it has been a huge source of frustration in terms of hiring and in terms oh, of wow. in terms of yeah running a business where you rely on millennials to sort of run things smoothly. But yes, work ethic, work hard. If you work hard, you can play hard, and I think that yeah, work ethic, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. paint a picture of your dad, I and mean, you're a mom. Yes. And you also own a business because I don't believe that there's real balance, but how do you maneuver at all?
1: Yeah. So I have taken the last, well, from June to January, I took a lot of time off my business and dedicated that time to my new little human. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really important and I really mm-hmm. wanted to be able to do that. And I'm very happy that I did, but now he's a little bit older. He goes to daycare three days a week. And so I'm in the office three days a week, but then. On the other four days, I find time to make it work. It's really hard to be in a position where, you know, that if you're focusing too much on your business, then you're maybe neglecting your baby a little bit. Yeah, it's like you don't want to be in a position where you have to sacrifice one or the other. So finding the balance is really challenging, but we make it work. You know, like if I have to, Work six hours after bedtime, then that's what I'll do. You know If I have to squeeze in work while he's napping, then that's what I 'll do. you know, and I think just setting your your priorities straight, you know I think you can probably really sympathize with this, but like when you have a, a small baby at home, other things start to pile up, like dishes and laundry and all that stuff, and that to- do list for me either gets outsourced. <laughs> So like, I hire a cleaning lady if that's what I need to do. Yeah, so that's how I sort of prioritize things. I, I really outsource what I can and focus on the really important things, which are first, my baby, and second, my business.
0: I love that. I love it, and it's so true. It's a prioritization and then really looking at the tasks and the things that you're doing. And outsourcing them, which I think, I don't know, some women, I I was completely at fault. I'm like, I'm just gonna do it all. I'm gonna be super woman. And then what happens is adrenal fatigue happens, you know? Totally. It's like you're trying to do it all and it just doesn't make sense. And so keeping inventory of the things that you do and saying, can this be outsourced? Probably for 15 or 20 bucks an hour. And then that way I am more focused on spending the time with my family or going to lunch with my husband. The fact is we have the luxury to make and create our own schedules which is such a luxury because I from the corporate luxury. world I can feel the corporate world you know it was like working on you know on the clock and asking for permission to go on vacation it's just so crazy now thinking about it and so with that luxury you still have to have a schedule like it's really interesting because some people and I'm going back to your hard work ethic comment yeah is that some people think oh I'm going to work for myself and then they're going to yoga and then they're hanging out with friends and going to lunch and it's like Okay, I wish. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you're not working, right? So, there's just, you really have to keep inventory and have the discipline of being really consistent and honoring that clock because it's your own business, you know? If you're slacking, you're not slacking at the job, you're slacking, you know, in your own business. It's just hurting you.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I totally
0: understand where you're coming from with that comment.
1: And you know what? I'm not gonna lie, I struggled with it hard when we Mm -hmm. were first like launching the business. Because I got into this like vicious, vicious cycle where I put like dollar signs on every single thing I did because mm-hmm. my time represented my income. so that drove me honestly within the first year to be probably a workaholic, and it wasn't healthy, and I needed to sort of find some find better balance and I worked hard on on doing that, but it got to the point where like going to the gym, for me, is something I've always loved doing, and it's just like part of my life. And mm-hmm. during that year, it would stress me out when I was at the gym because I was like, "Oh my god, this is like two hours of my time. How much money is that worth?" You oh, know. Wow. So I was being like really analytical about it, and it wasn't probably healthy, and it was mm-hmm. definitely like a, an obsessive compulsive thing for sure. It <laughs> wasn't good for like my mental health. But I think recognizing that, taking a step back, and being able to realize that that was happening was important, and then. You know, work to sort of rebalance that was important.
0: I think that's a really healthy assessment. I went through the same thing where I just branched off on my own after being in a business partnership. I'm like, I'll have to work twice as hard and not necessarily. And I really let go of the self-care aspect. And that's so crazy because you have to focus on self-care first in order to bring the right kind of energy and focus into your day. Yeah. And I'm not a millennial, I'm a Gen Xer. So it's like <laughs> even more so because it's like, The focus goes by the wayside if I don't take care of the self-care. Anyway, it's a whole balancing act. And the thing is, is that one of the things I see is the habits and the discipline and consistency versus thinking you have to like grind, grind, grind really hard. It's just really fascinating. It's such a a nuanced shift, at least for me, where I really made a commitment to just kind of re-engineer my day, re-engineer, like compartmentalizing my calls compartmentalizing my free time really honoring that i'm not going to take calls on on saturday and sunday right send me a boxer it'll be okay like this yeah. guy is not falling if i don't answer the boxer 10 minutes after somebody send me a box like it's crazy, totally but you have to literally be diligent about like what am i doing is this burning me out and what is the return on your energy that's the way i see it now
1: where it's been really, really helpful. 100%, 100%. And I think that like (laughs) all of these apps that are meant to be like really helpful and useful and breaking down like communication barriers, like Slack and all those things. Like I had to delete Slack off my phone because I was like, my clients cannot have access to me at two o'clock in the morning. Like that's just not okay anymore. (laughs) And so yeah, establishing barriers and boundaries and stuff is really important um, or else you're going to work yourself to death.
0: Exactly. What truth to that. Yeah. All right. So a couple more questions. What is a personal development or growth habit that you have?
1: Ooh, personal development or growth habit that I have. That's a great question. Um, let me think about this one. Oh, research. I do a ton of research all the time. And it's something that I enjoy doing because I like learning, but it also allows me to apply my new knowledge to my business and so i i really like doing research so right now i'm doing research on like paid traffic for like paid advertising online that's something that we haven't really dipped our toes much into because we haven't really needed to. But now we are getting to a point in the business where we should probably start doing that because most businesses do. So of course, I'm going to hire somebody to do it for us, but I want to understand it a little bit first. And I want to understand it enough to hire the right person. So that Mm -hmm. I think is my personal development habit. Well, I guess it's more of a professional
0: it's a growth oh, habit. For yeah, sure, a growth habit. You're, like you're thinking ahead in terms of, okay, who do we need to, or what other talent you need to bring in? And so you're learning and deep diving. So nobody can tell you, Oh, you should look for that. It's like, no, I'm going to learn enough to be dangerous on, on how to make the right decision for my business. Exactly. Exactly. Totally.
1: Exactly. So I don't need to know exactly how to do it myself. Like if I played with it, long enough. I'm sure I'd figure it out, but I want to know enough exactly to equip myself to make the best decision for the business.
0: Fantastic. All right, Madeline, after all is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Oh, my legacy.
0: That's a great
1: question. So basically if when I die, what do I want people to remember me
0: as? (laughs) It's an interesting question because when I ask a Gen Xer or a baby boomer, they're like, my legacy. But it, when I've asked a, like somebody who's in their 30s or like late 20s, it's a very different answer. So I'm really curious. Yeah, at, like coming from a millennial lens, what are you thinking about legacy?
1: I would love for my children to remember me as a Badass, fun mom who did everything with them, who was there at their soccer games, who was there, you know, at their like dance recitals, who is present. I want them to remember that. I want to be so present in their lives. And I also want them to remember me as a badass businesswoman and I want them to inherit greatness from this business.
0: Beautiful and so
1: it will be,
0: Madeline Taylor. Thank you so much. How do people find out more about Content Refined? How to connect with your business if they are looking for content for their own business?
1: Yeah, for sure. So people can either email me directly at Maddie M A D D I E at contentrefined.com, or they can go to www.contentrefined.com to check out more about our services and um, and what we do. Or if you are not at the point where you want to outsource, content, uh, and and but you just want to like know how to write really great content, I actually have a, a page. It's a podcast special page where you can go in and put in the code. The code is PODCAST, all in caps. And you can actually download our article writing SOPs. So those are a gift to you guys if that's um, the direction you want to go. Um, or if you want to check out or try out any of our packages, you can get 20% off month one by inputting a podcast as your coupon code on upon
0: checkout. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So this will be in the show notes. So you're yeah. not going to miss anything on how to connect with Madeline or Maddie at mm-hmm. Content Refined and then the generous 20% off, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for being on her legacy podcast. It's truly been an honor. I love what you're doing. I think it's absolutely super. It's just awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having thank me. You. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Her Legacy Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. That way, you won't miss any of the episodes. Also, if you're feeling very generous, please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. I love the five stars, but more importantly, in the review section, let me know where you're from. What are you doing? What's your business? How are you leaving your legacy? I want to know, leader. So that way... I can give you a shout out on my show. So take advantage of that. would love to hear you so that we're really creating momentum here with what we're doing at Her Legacy Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for being here.